Hey everyone, this is Lance here, just giving you a little bit of a warning that we will be talking full-on spoilers for our Morbius review. Hope you enjoy it! Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Lance, and today we're going to be talking about uh, Morbius. We're going to go into what we thought of the film, and where it shined, and where it might need a little bit of help. And in order to talk about that, I have my good friend Jeremy returning onto the show. How are you doing, Jeremy? I'm doing pretty good. What's going on, Lance? Not much. Just, uh, you know, we saw Morbius last night. <laughs> I don't know why I'm asking you how you're doing. We both saw the same film last night, and I think we're yes. both uh, recovering from it in a way. Yes, yes. So we went out with a group of friends and uh, witnessed this film. What was the occasion again, Lance? Uh, why were we all hanging out? Uh, it's just a little birthday. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was your birthday celebration. Happy birthday, Lance. Belated thank birthday you, for you. all you podcast listeners out there. But yeah, it was a good time. At least until we got to Morbius anyways. But I digress. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. So I, I figured we'll we'll start off with like our general thoughts on the film and then we'll kind of dive into the specifics of, of what we liked, what we didn't like. So for you, overall, what did you think of the film? Um, For me, it was a solid like three out of five for most of the movie. Um, I'm okay with movies that are kind of self-aware – yeah, like some of the dialogue was really like corny and stuff, but it didn't really bother me. I'm like, okay, I I, I can appreciate that. Um, and so, but obviously it wasn't, you know, setting any high benchmarks or anything. <clears throat> so for the majority of the film, it largely met the moderate to low expectations I had for it going in um, until the end. Um, and the end was just so confounding and weird. Uh, and puzzling that it brought it down to like a two out of five for me, um, maybe even a little less. Uh, so that's kind of where I ended up walking out of the theater uh, with all y'all kind of feeling personally. But yeah, what about you? I, honestly, the first half of the film, I was really enjoying. I, I also went in with very low expectations because, you know, Sony doesn't have the greatest track record with, spider-man related things that don't involve spider-man and i gotta say like i really liked the build-up for morbius i i still think that his design is very cool the power set is a lot of fun and it, it was just kind of after they introduced the the villain of the film that it just kind of started going slowly steadily downhill for me and it it really didn't come down to it wasn't acting because I think honestly I think Jared Leto did a great job with the script that he had I think Matt Smith as as our antagonist in the film did absolutely everything he could with what he was given because it wasn't much his his character lacked a lot of depth and even in even in interviews Matt Smith came out and said that he was kind of confused by the character because they didn't really give too much of back history I mean at one point, you find out in the film that he's just this dude that is loaded. He has tons of money. We have no idea why. 
Right. Right. I, I was wondering if I missed something like, you know, cause I, I went and got a snack, you know, I, I stepped away, you know, a couple, a couple of times doing the movie. I'm like, Oh, did I miss the part where we know why he's rich? Oh, I didn't miss that. Okay. Just checking. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. the, the writers missed it. We did it because it wasn't we didn't there. miss it. Okay. So that wasn't on me. Okay, good. Good to know. Yeah. And, but overall I, the, like the acting was not the problem for me. It was the writing. There was a, like a lack of depth and like I'm glad they kind of fixed the the bat radar phrase because in the film they say they do say echolocation and then they say something like and for the like the layman's terms bat radar so right they, so at least they did that yeah but yes. That, that's kind of the consensus is it steadily went downhill for me after the mid midway through the film mm-hmm. and specifically I feel like Sony in these films has a problem and i'm talking about like venom and let there be carnage and now morbius we're talking about characters that have antagonists with the exact same power set right right we we had riot in venom almost the exact same as venom we had carnage and let there be carnage literally the spawn of venom and now we have lucius crown who is legitimately also a vampire right it's just like with all you have in the mythos of the Spider Verse, Sony Verse that they're talking about, to just duplicate your protagonist again and have it be the villain is so frustrating. And we and we talked about this a little bit, like in our post movie chat, you know, where we do our circle of circle of friends convo. You know, it, it ultimately came down to a like a morality difference, right? Like same, same power set, two different approaches to the use of that power. And that's, again, not, it can be compelling, but it needs to be done in the right way. um, And, and given a certain amount of nuance and depth and, uh, and that nuance and depth was missing. We didn't know why the antagonist, how the antagonist was rich. We, and the motivation for him to just go straight up evil I mean, like bullying when they were a kid and his disease, like it just didn't, it just didn't seem like enough, you know, like, is that really all it took for, for him to just go completely off the deep end? You know? Yeah. I, I do like when they were doing the flashback and they showed that he was being bullied. And then the second he had the upper hand, he lashed out and he attacked when and so you saw that he had something kind of going on inside of you him. You see some anger issues, right? Like, but, but it, and and yeah, like that that's definitely one it's really the only sort of like that's hint or like see that's it. it. And it's like, oh, if he got power, he might lash out like that. But like that's such a little seedling, you know, for like the broader motivation of like what that antagonist was doing. It's like, was it again, was it enough? And I think most viewers would agree it's not really enough, right? No. To like really develop motivation, which I think is a key issue through the whole film. Right. Like really understanding motivations for characters and why that's important, you know, on on the way home from the movie, I was talking with my wife in the car kind of about her thoughts on the film and how she felt like the motivations of the characters. And she wasn't even annoyed by the fact that the villain once again had the same power set. She was more about they should have made him. it would have been more interesting if at some point, you know, Morbius 
goes through his transformation. He gets in trouble. There might have been like a third character in there that he had to go up against. And then his friend, like Milo or Lucius Crown, he then had to reluctantly go against his friend's wishes to become a, essentially a monster to then save Morbius from someone. But then kind of that hunger continues to drive him. And then he reluctantly has to tell Morbius, you need to like take me out. Like, I, I don't want to be this person. You need to end me because I can't stop. I feel like that would have been like so compelling. Right, right. Like, the, like you still end up with the sort of tragic end. Yes. Right. Of like this choice that Michael has to make. But it's it's a much more uh, emotionally involved journey than, you know, um, ask friend not to, you know, basically he, he thinks he finds the cure. The cure is a curse and then basically doesn't wish it on his friend, even though his friend, you know, will likely die. And then the friend's just like, nah, screw you. I want to live and be strong also. And then like, it's just, yeah, it's it just lacking that, um, lacking that investment really like in that, in that journey. Um, that would have been so cool. I would have loved to see that. Mm-hmm. I think the, the agent could have been a good one. What was the, I forgot the uh, agent's name. The, the guy who, um, his arm, like he oh, almost ty- lost like his ty- arm. Tyrese's character. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Tyrese's character, you know, he might've been an interesting sort of catalyst for that whole like triumvirate. Cause presumably he, you know, has some skill and, you know, has like a bioweapon armor or whatever. Um, that could have been something cool. Yeah, I feel like there was definitely a fight scene taken out of this film because the whole movie, he just, he like mentions his arm earlier on that he was saved because of the artificial blood that uh, Dr. Michael Morbius created. But, and then just like at the end of the film, you just see him with his mech arm and you're like, that like came out of nowhere. Right. Why why is this here? It wasn't one other scene, right? It wasn't, it wasn't the scene with uh, Dr. Bancroft and Milo. Um, or the antagonist, right? So, like, when they're chatting, I think that there was a version of that arm, like a prototype or an allusion to it in the lab as well. But, but yeah, I think there was an opportunity there. I, and that's, I think that's really part of it, too, is, like, fa- viewers and fans see all these opportunities that were missed, right? Like, Sony had it teed up on so many different levels to make this work. And... They just, it was like a swing and a miss on, on multiple, on multiple levels. Now, what's something that you liked? Like, like, give me something else that you really liked about the movie, like to the point where like, you wouldn't even change it. Like, you're like, Hey, just as it was, it was great. I think the way they portrayed his power set was very cool. Right. And that, and it's interesting because a lot of people were complaining about it, like the effect of it. I thought it was awesome. Like no, it, it's yeah, very, it, very Nightcrawler esque. Yeah, it, it was. It was kind of, yeah, a bit bullet timey, plus you know some like graphic effects. But yeah, it definitely had a Nightcrawler feel. His movements were pretty, like they were they were great. Um, and yeah, so I mean, I I agree. I like that. I liked how not only the the way that they portrayed his power set, but the way that he introduced viewers to the power set right like the scene where he's doing research on his own powers i thought that was a really cool scene um and it just kind of spoke to 
again, like his motivation, like not to go rogue again, right? Like he didn't want to go violent and hurt people again. Um, and, you know, I, I really think Jared Leto did a good job with the character and the script that he was dealt. And in those moments, right, where he's playing Michael as this sort of like reluctant sort of anti-hero, like he does a great job. It's just, how do you maintain that, right? Like, how do you deliver that, those motivations in that story all the way to the end? But I really liked the way that they showed his research into it. I thought that was a really cool scene. There was a lot of like cool, like not almost body horror, but like close to it where they're showing his transformation and just the way his, his hand is moving in certain ways too. And like, I'm a hand therapist for the listeners out there. I, I work on upper extremity all the time. And so observing the way the anatomy was changing was really interesting and intriguing to me. And so I, I kind of hyper-focused on that in those moments. Something that was different about this was the fact that Morbius as a character, I could see this character having been in the MCU. I feel like the way Leto portrayed this character could have fit within Marvel Cinematic Universe, whereas I feel like Venom's like Venom's personality and the way they show him doesn't quite match the MCU, if that makes sense. Right, right, yeah, like this this wouldn't necessarily be an in association with Marvel film. You could see again with you know proper script writing and direction, uh, Jared Leto's character standing in and not only being in his own titular film, right, but also being in uh, being uh, cameoed in other films, right? Like, like you like could Blade. see him showing up in you know other Spider Man movies. You could see him showing up in Blade. You could see him showing up in you know all those other areas where those Venn diagrams overlap, right? Yeah. Like um, I would, I would legitimately, I would take this entire cast, maybe switch out Tyrese because I feel like he was more of the weak point of the acting within this film. I liked his partner. His partner was pretty funny, but I would legitimately take almost this yeah. entire cast, change up the script mm. and then just throw that in the MCU because, and we'll make this clear point. We understand that Morbius is not within the MCU. It is not within the Marvel cinematic universe. It is within the Sony verse, but you do that. You make the writing changes. You fix up the plot, make it a little bit more compelling. This fits the MCU. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, What else? What else? I guess, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the most confounding thing and the most frustrating thing uh, for me was the ending. Um, The ending was a train wreck. Like it's the final 10, 15 minutes of that movie. Like you, (laughs) it's like, you got to have your seatbelt on and not for a good reason, right? Like, it's not (laughs) like, it's not like an adrenaline ride, like high octane action. You're literally like going at breakneck speeds and you're like, what's happening like and why you know like and and it should be assumed at this point that if you're listening to this there are spoilers and so whatever this shouldn't be a surprise but like the final 10 15 minutes of the movie he michael or you know the the antagonist goes out and he basically kills his you know childhood mentor uh and like second father to both of them and then kills his like love interest and then you know meets him in the sewer underground and they have like a you know they duke it out. Um, well, they fight through the streets and they meet in the, in the sewer. And but the like, love interest comes back to life. Yeah. as a, And you're like, why? Um, 
and that 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 happens in the last like literally 30 seconds yeah. <laughs> like her eyes just open mm-hmm. red and you're yeah. like what how why this wasn't even theorized at all ever uh like <laughs> uh, i like there was no connection to it at all he loses all these people there's like he throws a bat hadoken at the bad guy like yeah it's just he gets his ass totally kicked for like the entire part. And that's what makes this whole morality thing like really dumb. Like it's like, okay, your friend is taking the low road and you're taking the high road, but apparently the high road doesn't really count for much. Cause you just keep getting your butt kicked. So it's like, all right. And then you just call on bats to help. Um, yeah. And then also do drink human blood. Yeah. Yeah. To try and be on even playing field. And even then you still get your butt kicked. So, Gosh, it was such a mess. There was just no emotional connection to like losing those two characters back to back. It happens within 45 seconds of one another. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you're like, okay, this character's gone. All right. Should I feel sad? Oh, now this person's gone. And then and then it's like, oh, it's time to throw down. It's like, oh, we don't have time to feel sad. And then, oh, wait, she's back. Oh, okay. Like, oh, man, it's just so bizarre. Like, it was just so interesting to me. And not in a good way, right? Like, yeah, yeah. what caused such a such a frantic finale is is what I want to know from like a logistical perspective, right? Like, did they run out of time? Yeah, especially for something that has been delayed so many times, you would think that they would have had the time to do anything they really wanted to to kind of make up. They're like, ah, eh, this scene feels kind of strange. Let's kind of switch things up. But in, instead of fixing those things, they now shoehorn possibly. The worst two end credit scenes I've ever seen in a film that I've never watched a movie and then seen end credit scenes and thought that it made the movie worse. I've That's never happened to me before. It's always been right. like, oh, this movie's not that great. Oh, but the end credit scene was cool. It's kind of setting stuff up. This end credit scene happened and I was like, I feel like two hours of my life have just been stolen. Right. Yeah, it, it was... So, of course, if you've seen the film by now, you know, uh, well, first of all, the trailer spoils the end credit scene, right? The trailers show Michael Keaton's Vulture character speaking to Dr. Morbius on a couple of occasions, which sort of drummed up hype in the early, you know, early days of those trailers where people would be like, oh, wow, here's like some overlap. And that's really interesting stuff, right? Um, it showed him like in an orange jumpsuit and that sort of thing. So it was like, okay, he he's like a prisoner in this world. He was getting put in a cop car or something. And so, but then you don't see him through the whole film. First end credit scene is him showing up in a jail cell as a part of the fracture. So you see like the fractured universe that happens at the end of No Way Home. Um, and he's, you know, basically. And he just, just appears in this jail he cell. He just appears in a jail cell. And because he shouldn't have been there, they're like, okay, we'll just let this guy out. Okay. Okay. So they bungled the trailer and they bungled his whole involvement in it or whatever. Whatever. It's confusing. It's not really interesting or exciting, but it's whatever. Okay. They planted a seed. Then, then the second (laughs) scene is Dr. Morbius driving through the middle or like, was he driving? He was driving. Yeah. Yeah, He was driving. driving through the middle of a desert and, um, he he like pulls over and you see the vulture in like full alien tech, which, you know, as you pointed out, Lance, like he shouldn't have access to in this no, universe. He shouldn't. Like, it's so it was 
Chitari armor and pieces that were taken by the Tinkerer and then formed into this suit for Michael Keaton's Vulture character. Like, he shouldn't have this suit in this universe. Right. So there's a big, fat plot hole um, that, again, Sony's trying to shoehorn in. And so he shows up and... And basically, and it's Michael Keaton's voice. It doesn't show his face because he was like, I'm not I'm not coming in to do this. He just yeah, gave his voice no away way. for it. And so he's like, hey, I don't know why I'm here, but I think it's because of this Spider-Man guy. You want to join me and like, you know, take him out or like go after this kid? And Dr. Morbius is just like, I'm listening. And then that's it. And it's like, okay. First of all, one of the reasons why the ending was such a train wreck was because Dr. Morbius told his love interest, Dr. Bancroft numerous times that he was going to essentially kill himself after he took care of the antagonist because he didn't want to turn into a monster again. Well, he takes care of his friend. He offs his friend and then takes off with the rest of the bats. Like peace. See you guys later. I don't know what's going to happen next, but apparently I don't care. I'm not interested in like ending my life and, and sticking to my initial promise of not wanting to like hurt people. Yeah. And there was no switch there. There was nothing that changed with his character no. at that point no. to then change no. that decision. And they never discuss it ever again. No, no, it wasn't like, it wasn't like the antagonist was like, you know, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to end up like me, go do good or something like, like something like that. It could have been something like that. And it wasn't, it wasn't there. It was just like, uh, uh, and then he just takes off with the bats and like his girlfriend's alive, but I don't think he realizes it. And then, <laughs> so that happens. And now he's partnering up with, at, at best, a shady guy, like the equivalent of a guy who wants to sell you like a Gucci leather jacket for a hundred dollars out of the trunk of his car. Like, <laughs> like this, like this, this should be an easy no, yeah. right? From, big red from flag. somebody who's big red flag, big red flag. But he's just like, I'm listening. Ugh. Gosh. Yeah. See now what would have made more sense in an end credit scene for me would have been Venom going out and finding Morbius and then saying, so I heard you've been using my name because Morbius tells people for some reason in the movie that he's Venom. Right. Right. And that was sort of like a early like joke. Like people were kind of like groaning about it. Like in the trailer where he's like, we are Venom. Just kidding. I'm Dr. Michael Morbius. Haha. And it's like weird tonal shift and also kind of a groan, but also kind of a, okay. Yeah. Like you're, you're leaning into the fact that it's a shared universe. Right. So yeah, I think that would make a lot more sense for them to do that. But, you know, give more weight to his anti-hero status, right? Or, like, give more weight to him being a complicated character as opposed to just, like, the first chance I get at battling, like, a hero, like, I'm going to go and do it. Yeah. Um, it just absolutely dismantles everything that the character supposedly stood for for the entirety of the movie, right? Like... He kills a bunch of mercenaries when he first changes because he's out of control. He watches the surveillance footage and literally gets sick watching himself do that and is committed to never doing that again, drinking the fake blood in order to get by. And he is just so insistent, right, on peace and like on being a force for good or at least trying to stop his friend from being a force for evil through the whole movie. Through the whole movie, he kills his friend so that that force of evil isn't out there. And then... He listens to Vulture. What the hell? <laughs> like, yeah. So if you can't tell, there's a few plot holes. There's there's some issues in this movie. But again, there are some 
moments that I think are really interesting, very cool. Like it does have some redeemable qualities in it, but the ending just, ooh, steep drop off. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it was fun seeing some of the Easter eggs. Um, you know, there's a reference to Rhino, obviously, and Black Cat. That's in the in the uh, Daily Bugle. Um, there was also a, a reference to Chameleon, which uh, also confused and befuddled Lance uh, in terms of uh, reference to Chameleon's Great Escape. Um, so, you know, they're, I, I feel like they're... Tr- it's like they looked at Marvel and they were like, oh, okay, Marvel's really good at like looping in storylines and like making narratives work together and kind of connect across multiple movies, TV shows, mediums, right? We want to do that. And it's like they just didn't, <laughs> they just didn't connect, you know, uh, on a lot of those storylines. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, aren't the writers for this also writing Madam Web? Yeah, I remember you talking about that, and I, and I think you're right. I think the the writers for for this film are also working on Madam Web. But I'm hopeful, I'm optimistic that they'll see the feedback on this movie and any opportunity they have to like go back and like tweak things or try and you know make things better or you know whatever like that they do that. Um, otherwise, I'm I'm a little I'm a little concernicus about that. Yeah, I, I'm worried. I'm I'm worried about the Sony verse in general. Like, obviously, I'm still going to watch every single one of these movies because I, I just need to take I'll take in as much nerdy content as I possibly can. But, you know, like we're always hopeful. We want every single one of these movies to be amazing because why wouldn't you want it to be amazing? Right. Yeah. Like, I don't think any anybody nobody roots for a bad Marvel film. Like nobody roots for a bad comic book movie. I think fans of all kinds of different um, stories and heroes and, and, and arcs, like they want to see their favorite characters come to life in a, an effective way. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why, you know, Venom has been definitely big hit or miss, but mostly miss with a lot of people because there's so much investment in that character. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's sort of, you know, I think tra- maybe maybe tragic's a bit too strong of a word, but you know, it's unfortunate when you have these films that have so much invested in them from a fan base perspective, and they just don't they don't hit the mark. And I feel like, you know, and and Morbius is a fringe character. Let's be really clear, right? Like mm-hmm. Morbius is not like one of the big Spidey villains, right? Like it's not like that. This is necessarily the the character that kids dress up for at Halloween and all that stuff. Like Morbius isn't a, necessarily a household name. He might be now for the wrong reasons, but um, yeah, I mean, like, and even still, even even though he's a fringe character, you would want this to have been a good movie for those fans of of Morbius as a character, and it just didn't come through. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but I, I leaned over to my wife a couple times during the movie, like early on. And I was like, this is not bad just because the reviews have just been horrendous for this thing. Right. And, and but I, I honestly, again, the first half of this film, I really enjoyed. I had fun with it and and I, I see where the potential was for it. And it's just sad that it kind of just dropped off. Oh, well. Yeah, better luck next time. I I'm still looking for, forward to Doctor Strange. Uh, yes, Multiverse of Madness is is really what I'm gearing up for, obviously. Um, so I trust it will not disappoint. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm very excited for that one too. And any last thoughts on Morbius? Anything you want to say? 
Um, no, I mean, only other thing I would say is, you know, again, I'll just reiterate, Jared Leto didn't do a bad job. No, he Jared didn't. Leto did not do a bad job as Morbius himself. I think again, in those, in those moments where it felt like the writing and the story had a proper direction and, and Leto had good kind of investment in the character. It was great. And to your point, he could be in the MCU. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't levy that <clears throat> argument for this film that, that Leto did a bad job at all. It was just the whole structure around it, his personal, you know, his motivations and the ending um, just absolutely took this movie off the rails. So. Yep. I agree. Well, this review has kind of come to a close for Morbius. And uh, I just want to thank you, Jeremy, for joining me for this episode. It's always a pleasure to have you on. We had you on before for our die episode as well as Scott Pilgrim. So it's always fun to have you here. Well, thank you. Always fun to be here. It's time to close the book on our movie review of Morbius. So until next time, this is Lance. This is Jeremy. Reminding you to keep your friends close, but your comic books closer.